Welcome into the Clap Trap. Brought to you by Ultrasound Productions. Now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. All right, here we are back again. Another episode of the Clap Trap. And I am again joined by my friend, Coach Kamire. And uh, we are going to start off the show starting with a sport that, Coach, you love, you know, right? It's uh, it's our, our New England Patriots, our football team who has just made uh, their draft choices recently. We haven't gotten to talk about them yet uh, because the last time that we talked about them, uh, we had some interesting comments on some of the players that the Patriots actually ended up drafting. So uh, how are we feeling today, Sean, about everything so, so far? Uh, exquisite. <laughs> exquisite. Okay. Came up with a new one there. Um so, yes, like I said, the Patriots draft just happened, started last week, uh, and we were able to see the Patriots make some interesting selections that I did not think that they were personally going to do. I know even after we had recorded last week's show, we were talking and saying, like, what do you think that they're actually going to do? I, I was all about thinking that they were going to go defense and then maybe a trade for Jimmy G or something later on. That didn't end up happening you end up getting to the 15th overall pick and the Patriots actually make that pick. And uh, it was someone that we actually talked about before. Yeah, we all knew that they were going to draft a quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. Like, I personally were, didn't, a lot, a lot of, of guys people thought go- that. A lot of guys were going mm-hmm. with the, 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 the classic defense pick yeah. or O-line or something along that in that nature, yep. in that ballpark. But I truly thought that this year was going to be the year that they selected a quarterback high. So, And I guess I should have seen changes coming by the way that they went into free agency and all of a sudden we're spending all this money. That was completely different than the way they've been doing things. So obviously we're trying to put a team around, get back to, yeah, like legitimacy mm-hmm. quick, boom, just try mm-hmm. and hit it. So part of that is bringing in the new quarterback. And like, you know, you look back at, uh, you know, Max Pro Day, and he does the whole, like, play at the end where he does the old Navy play where he hands it off, yep. and then he runs in the end zone and catches the ball, like, <laughs> and, he's, and, like, he tries to warm up Bill Bell. Uh-oh. You know, you know, that definitely struck a little chord in Belichick's heart yeah, a little bit. You, you know, that, a little uh... something there. But uh, the way this really shook out was that Trey Lance was taken mm-hmm. uh, early. Um, yep, and by then, the Niners. Exactly, and then... Uh, then you had the, the, you know, the draft was moving right along and it looked for a second there, like fields was going to fall right into our lap. Oh yeah. It looked for a second there. Like he was going to, I was waiting, I was waiting and waiting for the Patriots to move up three spots, three spots. Well, it ended up being 11, right though. So 11, a little bit higher, but, uh, you know, the, the bears though, who did end up moving up to get him. They've been clamoring to get a quarterback. I know they were the the number one player in on trying to get Russell Wilson. I know that they were trying to throw the farm at him, basically, at, at, at Seattle to get that player. So they were willing and ready to jump on a quarterback. So as he started to fall further and further back, it seemed like it was going to have to either be us making the aggressive move or somebody else was going to sneak up well, there. Well, I, I was waiting to see when the Patriots – I feel right. just sitting there, and it's just like it's either, it's either you're going to go up and get – I think Belichick had it in his head – before the draft had started that like I'm not moving up to get any either of them. Right. So I'm just going to wait and see who falls. Right. And and when you're getting two picks 9, pick 10 and both Mac Jones and and, and Fields I'm sitting is on there, I'm board. looking at Fields and I'm like, "Oh man." <laughs> all right. Like it, this is going to happen the way I want it to uh, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden the Bears swoop in. Yeah, you get you get that trade signal and now he's on his way to Chicago and he'll probably end up being washed out of the league in 2 years. All right, all right. Well, so you feel like what? They're just going to, you know, Chicago's not quarterbacks go to die. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, they don't really have a good quarterback legacy. Never. I can't Rex Grossman's last good one. If you can call him good. I mean, if you want to talk about the one that brought them to a Super Bowl, yes, Rex Grossman. Behind be one of the best defenses right. ever. I mean, wh- who is who's been their best quarterback over the last 10, 15 years? Jay Cutler? Is that uh, like who else? Who else has been yeah, better I guess than Jay that? Cutler, that would be their uh, guy. The other guy who was well, the guy from UNC was trash. Oh, Trubisky. Uh, yeah, Trubisky was. Yeah, they've they've gotten rid of him. It's it's tough. So so they had to do a move. Um, I mean, a lot of Patriots fans felt that the Patriots needed to make a move too and get up there. But I feel like you were right. It, it was Belichick was sitting there thinking. Not every one of these quarterbacks is going to go one, two, three, four, five, right? One of them or two of them are going to start to fall back, and then I'm going to be sitting there thinking, I could go after this guy, or I could wait and see what happens here. Exactly. Obviously, Mac Jones falls into their lap, and they just they pull the trigger. Now that would have been intriguing 
if Fields was there to right. see which one he would have chosen. How he had gone, yes. Uh, no, I, I personally think that they still would have gone with Mac. I I just feel like... I mean, when it comes... I just feel like this was already planned. This oh, yeah. The Belichick you, well, one of the things that we always know is he's going to pick from his certain number of teams in college that he absolutely loves mm. and he has a good recruiting with and he knows the coach. So obviously mm. Alabama is one of them. Rutgers has always been a big school that they pull from. Yeah. Oklahoma has been a decent one for them as well, which they had another few picks from them. So yes, it's kind of like an educated guess that they're probably going to go with the guy that he knows the coach or something, yeah. right? Yeah, well, and like I, I know they had like, a, I think... Uh, Trey, uh, not Trey Lance, but uh, Justin Fields had a second pro day, uh-huh. and only select teams were were going to that okay, pro, okay. that second one. And I remember the Patriots' name not being, not being on that list. So to yeah. me, that was like automatic that like if it was going to be, be between Fields and Jones, that they were mm-hmm. going to go with Mac. Now, do you think uh, because the player that I thought was that Parsons kid, right, that they were going to go after the linebacker or whatever, mm. who ended up going to Dallas, but do you think that if there was one of those top-level defensive players still there because they kind of got picked right beforehand that Belichick would have gone that way, or do you think he was quarterback all the way? I think it was quarterback all the way because there were top-level defensive players still mm-hmm. available okay. big time in all that. Right. You know, so much offense area. was drafted early in this draft. They did go heavy. It was offense, 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 you know, for pretty much the first, like, eight or nine picks before yeah. even one defender was taken. Which is what made it so that the quarterbacks could kind of fall back a little yeah. bit because they were taking other positional receivers, players. There was a lot of quarterbacks. Obviously, you had the tight end there that went to Atlanta. I keep oh, forgetting yeah, his name. Pitts yeah, there, yeah, yeah. who's going to be the best uh, tight end available. Yep. And so you had those positional players that knocked back the quarterbacks so yep. that you could have a chance at either Fields or Mac Jones. So it was an interesting situation. It also knocked back to the point where they were able to get another good player in the second round, which I loved. The player that they were able to get in the second round, uh, Bear Moore, right? I believe we talked about him before, the D-tackle from Alabama, who's 6'5", 310 pounds, and supposed to be the next, at least physically imposing, like a Richard Seymour type of player to come up to the Patriots. Um, they were able to move up for him in the second round. Did you? What did you think about that move there? Did uh, you Bear like that? is a great pick. He's going to be uh, a good player for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. He's got the right build. He's 6'3", I think 3'10", 3'15". Yep, He's something like that. I think got, I thought it was six five, so maybe it's in between there. Yeah, six three, six four, six five. He's tall. And he's got you know the biggest thing. He's got long arms. Yeah, he's got you know he's. But he's got like he's the three ten that he's like built three ten. Yeah, it's not it, like a fat three ten. Yeah, right? and I thought the arms are just like what mm-hmm. stuck out to me is like right. watching him get off the uh, offensive line, yep. like, get off of blocks, and like be disruptive in not only the run game but the pass game as well. Yeah, you see a lot of times him just reaching the arm out right, there right, and right. taking a quarterback down with just that one arm. That Nobody's can breaking the arm tackle on him. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Man. Be, hey, uh, it's, it's a really good quality to have. If you you're, need if that you're guy. in the trenches. Oh yeah. That, that, know? I mean, that shores up everything and that makes it easier for the linebackers. It makes it easier for the the third level, the second level, whatever and, you want to call you it. You know, Belichick has always had like a good nose. You yep. know, and he's, he's like, he, he's like, that's always been it's like been a part of his major defenses. Yeah, he's always like, had a good player there. Exactly. So like, I think he's going to be like, he's going to turn into something really good over the next like so five, the, 10 years. And I've heard some other good things. I've heard things like from his uh, former uh, teammates saying that he, he plays angry. He always seems like he's out there angry. He's got a ton of energy. He brings that up for the rest of the defensive players there. And so he's been talked about as a great player in that sense on the field. But I don't know if you've heard about the things that they've been saying about him off the field and his immaturity issues and things. And that's why people are saying that he kind of fell back and player or teams weren't willing to go after him. From what I know, basically, Alabama had to keep a person like with him at all times throughout college. And he had major maturity issues and they were just barely holding him back from being like a crazy, reckless person. And now that he gets into the pros is the problem going to be that he is now an adult, right? Quote, unquote, an adult. He has his own life outside of it. Patriots aren't going to necessarily stick someone with him unless you get to Antonio Brown level, right? So is he going to actually be a legitimate player for him? Will he get into the system and will that work out for him? Have you heard any of that stuff? Or um, is this I, just coming from me? Right I now? mean, I haven't heard uh, the character issues from him. I've I know heard- that Sabrin came out and said against, was like criticizing the people who were criticizing him for yeah. maturity issues. I, but, but I what's your coach going to say? I haven't heard that so much about him as mm-hmm. much as I have for our third round pick there. Okay. Um, 
Well, and so that was that's the also the Belichick way is to get the guys that they're going to fall back because they have first round talent, but they got third round you know immaturity issues. I mean, I think you nailed it right there. I personally, I think with, within our first three picks, we got guys mm-hmm. uh, that all potentially could have gone in the first round. Right, right. Uh, and that I think that's what Belichick's um, known for is finding elite talent in later rounds, later picks. Well, I also think that that's a major reason why, and people can scoff at me for this take all they want, but he wants to bring in a bunch of good character guys as his more veteran players that he mm. keeps around, the McCordys, the Slaters of the world, whatever you feel about those players, they're good locker room guys. So the more of those guys you get in the locker room, when you bring in these young kids who yeah. may have maturity issues... You're just going to be able to fo- – they'll help focus those players up to just be good football players. And that's that's what I've been saying about uh, the defense, mm-hmm. uh, even going back to last year. I was like with bringing in Duggar and everything yep. and, and uh, Winovich and all these young guys. You got a bunch of kids. Yeah, exactly. Uche and all these guys, you know, uh, Afrini Jennings, all these right. guys that are young and coming up yeah. are going to be learning behind Hightower, yes. McCourty, exactly. and Pat Chung even last year from Duggar For a, a little, little bit. bit. And, uh, you know, Gilmore and all these guys are like – Super good, uh, you know, teachers of not only just how to play the game at an elite level, but how to just be a professional right. and how good to like influences. how to talk to the media, how to you know where to work out mm-hmm. and like what to eat right mm-hmm. and like you know yep. how to present yourself when you're not in the, in the locker room. You know, it's like I feel like no other organization uh, is on that level uh, with us. At least like they're the not thinking about it the same way we do, no. right? It, he puts an emphasis on that, and I know there's a lot of Patriots players out, or uh, Patriots fans out there who you know scoff at the idea of bringing in the high character players. But it's pretty clear that that's worked with our methods yeah. of bringing in these players who are immature or whatever. And now all of a sudden, two or three years into it, you're not hearing immaturity issues. You're hearing that he's developed into a great player, mm. right? So it's a completely different way of looking at it, which I love and i don't care if anyone doesn't get it it's just how it is now we had the third round pick as well like you said that he could possibly also have some character issues that's ronnie perkins but he's also considered a first round talent who dropped all the way down an edge rusher guy who um from what i've read about him he's graded really high by a lot of players uh, or a lot of different scouting uh, areas there. CBS Sports had him ranked as the as a first round talent. Same with Pro Football Talk. All of these guys giving him really high grades. So you so from what you've heard and what I've looked into it, it may be just an immaturity thing as well with him. I mean, you you talk about a, a player who plays angry, right? Um, okay, a Barrymore, yes, very much so. But though I've never seen uh, after watching his film over yeah. the past like two years, whatever. I've never seen like really a defensive player that comes with it as much as it like right out. The he game. doesn't just try to hit you; he yeah. tries to hurt you. Okay, all right. And like that's what I love about him. Yeah, I, I'm. I instantly like I. I liked watching Barrymore's tape. I was just like, oh, you know, yeah. You know, like I said, like he's great in the trenches. He has long. But it's arms. in the trenches. It's harder to kind of see that aggression. Exactly. And like, yeah. like I've seen this guy just like when he hits. Yeah. He he goes after he, a little more oomph he, yeah, into yeah, that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, he enjoys it. He wants to exactly. like Edelman hit and me. I love it kind of egg, stuff. Yeah. He's like that. And from a defensive end, uh, you know, I think that's that's me perfect. Mm-hmm. You have you know the speed finesse guy mm-hmm. and Winovich on one side, and then you just have your force player. Which is going to be, uh, which is going to be Judon. Perkins on the other side, and then you got Judon too as a rusher as well. It seems like they've gone after the, attacking the rush or the, from the defensive side of the ball really well. Which has been such a problem. Which exactly. has been such a problem in past years with the Patriots. And you can have, and we've talked about it. We complained about it all last year during the season. You can have the best corners and safeties in the game, but they're not going to cover for five, six, seven seconds and still be able to be good. It's well, just that's not why how it we've works. been as good as we've had because our DBs and our back seven have been so good. But you shouldn't for so have to years. rely on yeah. them to cover up the boo boos from the you know the front seven there. Well, I can just imagine how good we're going to be when we have a front se- a front seven. We have that been- can be just as lethal as our as our back four. You that know, that was my major complaint about that team last year other than obviously the quarterback play and things like that it was the front seven if the front seven was bigger or or better last year and more dependent and had more depth I would say our defense looks a hell of a lot better yeah and like Perkins is a guy like yeah he had like the weed problem or whatever Mm -hmm. like is what it is he got he doesn't yeah he's six round pick I feel him you know what I mean is what it is uh he is I think a phenomenal talent he's going to come into a really good locker room uh, he's going to be around other, you know, like him and Barrymore can be like, 
you know, they're, they might be like best friends yeah. for the next like hey, five years, good. and we could have one of the best defensive lines in the NFL Him, you if know, both those guys progress the way they should progress. Bring them along with the Winoviches and you know, and uh, Anfrey Jennings and Uches Uche, of the world. The, like that's a great Duggar. All like that's a good You're, young, strong defense. Yep. Belichick did a great job over the past two I drafts that's defensively. Great. Yes, I will say that. I mean, I always have good faith in him to go defensively. Me too. It's the other side that you never know. But we move on to the remainder of the draft picks here, and I kind of want to just go through these ones because you don't know how much impact these players are actually going to have. You start getting to the kind of the shots, the dart throws, all that kind of stuff there because the next pick that they ended up going with was a running back from Oklahoma. I don't know if you've looked into that kid at all. I'm going to absolutely butcher his name probably. Ramondre? (laughs) Is it Ramondre? Stevenson. Yeah, uh, he I did a good job. Ramondre. Just, you know, call him Stevenson. Yeah, Stevenson. Um, uh, but he's like a 200, six foot two or six foot, uh, 240 pound, uh, bring you back to the uh, LeGarrette Blunt kind of days guy. But apparently you can also catch out of the backfield. So maybe yeah. he's a little more versatile. I think you're getting, you know, like you said, somewhere a mix between. Uh, I thought Belichick with this pick was really looking for a versatile guy mm-hmm. that could do the role of. Of and a block. of a Legarrette Blunt, yes, a James White, mm-hmm. uh, and and a Sony Michelle, Bring it all, all in one guy, yes, because uh, I really think this is probably going to be Sony's last year as a Patriot. It's, be. it's, it's... Uh, it's going to be James White last year as a Patriot, most likely. Probably, uh, it's going to be la- it's going to be Burkhead's probably last year as a, pre- as a Patriot if he even plays. At this if he point. can make his way through, you I know. think he's starting to fall apart injury wise. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah. So. That leaves room for this young kid to come mm-hmm. in, and he has these talents of being able to in the right. Oklahoma offense, a very high flying, spreaded out type offense. He was catching the ball a lot on screen passes out of the backfield, what have you. And obviously, he has to block in a lot of shotgun situations and things like that. So Big he was time. able to do that. Um, and when he was getting the ball on those inside runs, uh, he seems to have a very like bruising running style. You Love know, it. he he likes to again like Good. deliver the hits and not take them. They fall can't. forward. Exactly. I want you to get which hit is and something, gain a yard. Which is something that I feel like we've been missing out of Sony Michelle's game oh, yeah. since well, we drafted I mean, him. The guy is he's we he's always like half elusive, half you know he tries to be patient, power but like yeah. also like too patient, and he and he and, it, like, and then the fumbling issues, obviously. Exactly. So I think I think we're all set with him at this point. Like yeah. we're gonna probably ride him out, see what he has for one more year. It's but under then, contract. But I think it's feel bad like, talking about him this way because I did like him coming out, and oh, it's yeah. just like the fumbling issues him. just got too much. You know, I like him and when coming out, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it is what it is. Now you yeah. we've seen you, and we we kind of know what kind of a player you are at this point. So we got this new kid, and, and hopefully he'll be able to do a little bit of everything. I do love the size, and I love the attributes that they're they're talking about with him and being able to be versatile. That's a classic Belichick guy, right? Big time. So uh, the next pick they went with was Cameron McGrone, a linebacker from Michigan. Apparently this kid is a little undersized uh, for the position. He's going to be a speed guy, uh, but more, more coverage than anything else. Uh, not really great, I guess, from uh, what they've said about him. He gets lost in blocks. He can't really shed blocks, things like that. So he's going to be mostly a coverage guy. I don't even know if he's going to actually be more of like a special teams guy more than anything. Um, so uh, he could be kind of a throwaway pick there, but I don't know if you had anything to say about him. Definitely not a throwaway pick. I okay. mean, he shows exceptional speed for that kind of size. Yeah. Uh, which, like you said, uh, kind of, again, nailed it is the fact that he's going to be on special teams right. to start off with. Yeah. He's going to be a big special teams guy. He's going to probably be on a lot of those units. Um, I look at him as like a Gary Guyton type where it was like a faster coverage guy and probably maybe like sometimes you hear some good things about him, but who knows what he's actually going to turn out to be. Yeah, I th- I see him as like kind of like a stand-up outside okay. uh, in like a five front. Okay, um, so okay, so maybe he's a little bit bigger than I thought he was. Or? Yeah, like a stand-up outside. Yeah. So like he's going to be playing like a lot either. He's going to be coming off the edge mm-hmm. almost like a Winovich when he stands up okay. or he'll be uh you know more in like the flats in coverage in coverages and everything right. like that where he doesn't need to be covering the fastest guy down the field right but he can he can probably use his speed and athleticism to get to the sideline and protect the edge and okay. that's I, like I think that, that's where he fits in the NFL. So that's the type of player that would work out good against uh, like the Lamar Jacksons of the world or any of the running, maybe even a Josh Allen. At least he's going to get yeah. there. Or like or like a Titans team that has a very strong running game. Right, you right. That, you're going to have to run some type of, of, a, of a four or a five front mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to try to like clog up some of those holes, not like Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry run all Just over run you. Run all over you, yeah. Um, Just get so, a body on him. I mean, maybe he's not a guy that plays right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I mean, I think you're, you're really creating something good if, like, 
like all your players on defense come from Alabama and Michigan. Right. I assume all of those players are going to turn out into something positive. You would for this hope team. so. You would hope so. That's uh, they're actually playing. Uh, you know, more pro level talent. I guess they're going against more of. The, is that the SEC? Is that That's what that what I'm is? Saying. So like, playing... It's like our whole defense yeah. is comprised of a lot of NFL based teams, right. which is like Rutgers, Alabama, right. and Michigan. Michigan yep. Like. Those are all teams that just like pop out NFL guys like it's their job. Hey, that's why he goes after them. Then we went after a uh, safety by the name of Joshua Bledsoe. I don't know if you Love know you, you like that guy. So Mizzou, I don't know anything about him. Don't know anything about but him. But I saw his last name was Bledsoe, okay, so and I'm a, with it. We got a Bledsoe back in the – I wonder if he wears number 11 now. I think if Julian's, can, yeah, Julian's yeah, gone, can, yeah, right? He yeah. could be number 11. He could wear it as a safety. That's kind of funny. They funny. then went after a, an offensive lineman named William Sherman, who I've seen is more of like a swing guy. Should help with the depth. And then lastly, we got a guy by the name of Trey Nixon, who's a wide receiver from UCF, who I think it, when I read into him, injuries has really plagued this kid. And so maybe he's flashed signs of being even like a, a fourth-round pick, but injuries well, put him way back well, there. Well, what, what I like about the, the Trey Nixon pick is he is he's a speed guy. He's speed fast. Guy. Okay. He, he How big is he? I, don't, I haven't even really. He's good. He's okay size. I think okay. he goes about like uh, 5'11", 6 feet, 6'1", six, okay. somewhere right. in that range. So he is, and, he's the speed guy. He's the classic prototypical. Yeah, and he, and he and he like stretches the field. For UCF, I mean, a lot of the times they were, I mean, when he's catching the ball, it's like him either catching a slant mm-hmm. or it's Did they gonna even be, have a decent quarterback? What was their quarterback No, the quarterback was great. They were okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, his quarterback was very good. Okay. Um. They, he was catching a lot of like stop routes. Gotcha. Like ten yards. So I'm he's gonna run good. as fast as I can. I'm gonna break down and stop out to the side. He's sideline. got a good route tree. Then you would say overall, his route running is not great. Oh, I would okay. say. I would say he's. Oh, they more, just had him running. He's that. yeah. He's more of like a like one cut type gotcha. guy or like a stop like a hitch or like a stop route at, the, at like ten yards at the the chains type guy. Okay. Or. Uh, most of what you're seeing from him is they're trying to get the ball to him deep. They're trying to throw okay. a post to him. They're trying to throw the go ball to All him. Right. And from what I've seen is not that his route running, his ability to get off defenders is that good, but his ability to locate the ball and run to the ball in the air is good. And okay. I think that... Do you think he could be like a bird type for us? Yeah. Like that type of a player? Yeah, then, he's probably similar, similar to a bird. Uh, Something along that role then, yeah, at least. I mean, yeah, he's just, he's just a speed... Maybe not that fast, Yeah, but... he's just a speed guy right now. I okay. think he needs a year or two to really develop before. I think he's a practice squad guy this year that's fine that's it what are you going to get out of a seventh round pick if you get anything out of a seventh you round could pick, get you, julian edelman. you could get julian edelman you could get absolutely nothing and that's most likely what's going to happen but uh cbs sports had the patriots ranked as their highest draft grade of all of all of the teams so did pro football talk they have them as an a plus rating so overall i think you know at least the consensus of majority of people analysts everywhere are saying that the patriots did a great job i'm yeah. happy about it um before we move on here what do you think? I think we skipped right over. What do you think about Mac Jones? Mac Jones, yes. I guess um, we could talk about that. All right, Mac Jones. So I know that originally when we first started talking about him, I believe your direct quote was he looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy. So yes. he is Mac Pillsbury Doughboy Jones. Uh, he is a game, game manager, right? Mm. More of than, you know, the fields of the world who could possibly be the type of guy that could go win you a game eventually, right? Um, he has run a similar system to what they're trying to do with the Patriots, the RPOs and things that we're changing this offense over into. Um, though I think that the Cam Newton version of that is very dumbed down, so you're not going to get a lot of the plays that you that Mac Jones is going to be given eventually. I'm I, I'm I'm okay with the pick. It's not the direction I necessarily wanted to go to. I wanted them to try and go harder for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm I'm finding out now that Jimmy Garoppolo is unwilling to go down under the 25 million, so the Patriots were never going to go after him. Uh, and, and I was thinking that because obviously this team is now built to win closer to now if you just get that more established quarterback in there. Though I think that Cam Newton will be better this year, I think that this team with him is only going to maybe win a playoff game or two as of right now. All the talent around it, I get that. But at the end of the day, you're going to run into a place where Cam Newton has to win you a game, and can he do it? I'm not convinced that he's going to be able to do it. So the Mac Jones pick is great for the future. I think that he is going to be a great game manager, and they can build him into a Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0 type player. But do I love it? No, I don't. 
Yeah, uh, obviously, you know how I feel about him as far as, like, you know. His just, body type. Not even just the body <laughs> type, but just, like, him being an Alabama quarterback okay. and just having them not pan out in the league. They that just was, don't do well. Like, well, the other thing that we were talking about, not to cut you off there, but the fact is you had number one wide receiver, uh, Devontae mm-hmm. Smith. You had other great, talented. Best offensive line, best running back. There you go. Best, you know what I so mean? You had all the weapons. So, like we were saying, it was like, how do you ov- even overthrow a Devontae Smith? Or, or you know, like, yeah. how do you miss those players that are always open? Yeah. So there's those things that I that obviously were in question about him is like hey, how good is this guy really mm-hmm. when he just has all the best team so much around talent him. around yeah. Him, yeah but um you know positives that I do like about him is in high school you know because I obviously I'm a, a freak and I go back to the high school love film it. I love that I need that though because I don't go that far back. he ran the wishbone in high school he, okay he was, he was actually under center and he really? did a lot of play action rolling out yeah. and and throwing like three tier routes out to the sideline so that's where he came from that's where he was built from exactly and uh I think that fits in very well with the McDaniels offense is the fact that McDaniels loves being under center mm-hmm. he loves you know motion he loves uh, you know, play action. He loves, uh, you know, those little red zone plays that Max seems like in high school he was really, really good with. So I'll really, just quickly on that, do you think then that this was more of a McDaniels pick than mm-hmm. it was a Belichick pick? Yeah, I that, think McDaniels likes the kid okay. a lot. Yeah. Um, And I also think that uh, Mac has a terrific arm mm-hmm. and can get the ball down the field and put it wherever he wants. It seems I don't as though think... he's an accurate quarterback that can yeah. make all the correct throws from what I've seen. Yeah, I think I think his arm's uh, tremendous. I think he you know, has accuracy, has power. He can put the ball wherever he wants it. Uh, so what are the negatives then? My big negative for me is how good of a leader is Mac Jones. Okay. I don't sense the dog in him. Mm-hmm. I don't sense like a Cam Newton where he's going to gather like Cam Newton came in in one day and won the Patriots locker room over. Oh yeah. Um against everyone was saying that what's his name was going to start. Um Stidham or Stidham was going to start. Yeah. yeah. And like and like that's why I was I that's why I like Cam. Mm-hmm. That's why I think Cam's going to do big things for he's us. He's always going to have the charisma. He's always going to be able to win over yeah. all the players around him. And I that never means, no one's that ever means doubting a lot that. more than you think mm-hmm. uh in a team. So I think right. that a lot of people don't think about a team as a team though when they're thinking about professional athletes. Exactly. It's all individual. It's what what stats can you get? What stats can exactly. you get? Exactly. No, it's a, it's a lot more when right. it's uh, when it's inside the locker. Are you like doing that. this for fantasy football or are you doing this for winning actual NFL football exactly. games? Exactly. So for, for Mac, it's going to be like I'm questioning your ability to lead a team. Mm-hmm. I'm question, I, And I think he's saying all the right things right now, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the ideal situation for Mac Jones is if he plays no games and no snaps this year, if he just sits back, absorbs everything, yes. watches everything, yes. and figures out the entire offense and lis- listens to McDaniels, uh, and absorbs as much information as possible, much like Tom Brady did when he was a rookie. And then next year, whether we bring Cam back or not, or whatever the mm-hmm. deal is, mm-hmm. we obviously have to see how this year goes with him. Of course. Um, and then by next year, I think it's a real situation where then Cam... it's a real where, controversy or Where Matt Jones can actually be inserted into the right. starting lineup, whether okay. that's... You know, Cam starting the year and then Matt coming in, or do you think though that Matt this coming year, in right from the jump? Do you think this year is like that though, where it's Cam starting it off, but if we get five, six, seven games into this, the offense isn't looking good? Do you think that Bill would do that? I only think Bill does that if we uh, have a losing record through eight games. Okay. Like if we are three and four, right, going into week eight, mm-hmm. or even four and four or something after week eight, like right. That's that's gonna be a situation where you got the like everybody New England's gonna be so you don't like think off of Cam Newton by then you don't think that they would do a Miami Dolphins type situation where they're five and three to start off the year and then they go to the young quarterback instead of because no. that's exactly I what thought they that did was with, dumb last yeah, year I, agree. I don't I don't think I agree. That they would put him in a situation to fail like that yes uh you know I think their best situation for Mac this year is to just sit back learn get in shape mm-hmm. and then get your get your nose in the playbook love that take reps 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 and practice and then uh, figure out everything that Cam Newton does and does well in the locker room from a leadership standpoint. Take from that. And then you can replicate that mm-hmm. and make it better, make it something into your own I like going that. into uh, 2022 season. Because there is a part of me that thinks that maybe he was just given a ch- national championship by just being on Alabama. He didn't have to be the leading guy in the locker room. He didn't no. have to do it. You had, uh, you know, Barrymore. We were just talking about personalities around the locker room that were going to take over, and you didn't oh, have yeah. to be that guy. No, he didn't really. So have. maybe he doesn't have that built in. And then also, just quick 
quickly to any Patriots fans who do are, are hoping that he's going to start the year, you do have to understand he's going to start as a third quarterback on the depth chart. That's just how Belichick's going to act. So he's got to first beat out, beat out Stidham. I'm not saying he can't do it. I think that he can. But he's got to beat out Stidham before he can even think about being out Newton, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I think Hoyer's still there, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you might actually. Yeah, I don't know if Hoyer's going to I gonna think he'll on, beat out Hoyer. Yeah, I would think so. I would hope so. All right. So I wanted to move on to the Celtics. Uh, we're obviously getting closer to the year. We asked some questions last time that we were talking, and I think that a few of them were actually immediately answered. Maybe they were listening um, because we were talking about things last time like Evan Fournier. Is he going to actually show back up? Is he just going to be like, Corona destroyed me and now I can't play anymore? But clearly over these last two games, he's shown back up. He is, uh, you know, in that in that Trailblazers game, he was one of the main reasons that we were still in it towards the end of the game there. And then obviously last night against the uh, or the, the other night against the Magic, he did uh, a great job as well. So Fournier is looking a little bit better over these last couple of games. I don't know how you felt about the performance against the Trailblazers the other night. I was a little frustrated towards the end, if I'm being honest with them. But are you are you starting to feel like they're going to they're picking up a little bit of momentum here? How do you feel right now with them? I don't know, man. The end of that Trailblazers <laughs> game was an absolute dumpster fire. A brutal. Uh, like I was Marcus yelling gets at the thrown TV. out wait, on a on a bogus call. Yeah. And then uh right after that, your two best players run into each other full speed. That and was they weird both too, hurt, man. Hurt each other. I've, and I was just like I literally just turned it off after that. <laughs> I was like, not, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm going to bed. This sucks. It well, it it was like I don't want to go as far as to say they gave up, but it felt along those lines where it was like Marcus Smart just got thrown out of the game, you know, and then and and they were working a little bit at that time, but it seemed like they were ready to give up, and then the two stars go down, and then obviously they, oh, they gave packed up from it there. In yeah, that, so yeah. It, that was frustrating to me because I, I don't care if the two, the three major players on the team right now are injured. The rest of you need to play with your butts on fire. Like we need a better playoff spot yeah. right now. That's what I need at all times. Yeah. How many uh, games are left? There's only you know four or five games left in the season. What are we doing? Yeah, you know. I what are you saving it for? Sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> I I think that uh, the fact that we're only a game and a, or a half a game behind the Heat right now. No, so we are. So it's we're technically tied. We're oh, tied, tied with them. Tied we now. are tied with them uh, for sixth place. I believe we technically, as of right now, have the tiebreaker. So we own sixth place. So we wouldn't be in the play-in game. But you're about to play the Bulls. And then you have back-to-back game against the Heat. That's your that's your seeding right there. Mm-hmm. Those back-to-back game against the Heat the are yeah, must-win games. Everything. Yeah, that's must-playoffs right there. That's it. Um, because either you're going to be playing in the play-in game because you lost one or two of those games to the Heat, or you're going to be in it. You're going to yeah. be solidified. And I don't know. I'm just watching, obviously, last night, and you watch Kemba Walker, yep. and he has the game of his life last night, Great and he game. looks unbelievable. I really hope that that's something that he can do day in and day out when yes. it comes to playoff game, and that's the reason why we've been resting him so much, and it's not the fact that his knee's not right, and it's the fact that we're just, like, saving him huge so question. he can be the guy in huge. the playoffs. Like, that huge, like not the guy, but, like, that, that X factor. Because, like, mean, everyone knows that we can be good. He's a game changer. We can be good with Jalen and Jason alone. Mm-hmm. We can be good. We can compete with those two. But you can't win the East with only those two. I don't no, think. you need to win the. If we want to win the Eastern Conference, you we're gonna have, have to Kemba. have Kemba having 20 the whole points time a game. playing every game. Twenty pl- points a game, playing the minute, playing at least 25, 30 minutes a game minimum. Yeah, right. And scoring. And scoring. He's, and that's scoring good. well. We brought you here to score. Sorry, man. You got. I, I know that's all coming down to this, and, and it's a, it's a cruel world, especially in Boston sports. But yeah. you got to, you know. You know, crap or get off the pot at this point. I need yeah. to see something this this time through, or what are we doing? We we better be getting rid of him in the off season because you clearly can't trust the knee if if it gets to that point. Obviously, that's a big if. The questions haven't been answered yet. Have we been just saving him and getting him ready for the playoffs? That's the question. Or is it an actual major issue that he can't play multiple games in a row, or else his knees fall apart? Like, what is the real issue here? So, it's brutal right now because, to me. I really think that they need to get to the fifth seed. I think that they desperately need to get to the fifth seed because if you have to play the Bucks first and then you end up having to play either the Sixers or the Nets in the second round, we've already talked about this. Yeah. That is such a hard road. Yeah, much harder. Yep. You you need to get to that fifth seed so you can play the Knicks in the first round as far as I'm yeah, concerned. The so they is, need Knicks is a four-game sweep. They need every um, single – and I'm actually on board with you on that. Maybe gentlemen sweep, but I, I'm on board with you saying that they would sweep the Knicks. Um I, I just they need to get to that position. They need to get up over the Hawks. They're two games back on yeah. the Hawks right now. So 
these last games are crucial. Yeah. I really like the way uh, that, you know, since Lobb's coming back, he's yes. inserted himself in the lineup and done yep. really well. Which is great. Uh, and he and that wasn't our question before because when he's on the floor, he's a game changer for yep. us, right? We play a lot Staying different. Stay on the floor. Stay on the floor. That's yep. what I need. And then uh, I like the way that Naismith is coming along. Yeah, he's uh, uh, out of nowhere. Uh, he, out of nowhere, at whatever you come, you come at whatever time works for you. I did find it funny how a lot of people were talking about. See, Nate Smith was a great pick. It's like all year. I mean, he didn't do anything. He, he just nothing. literally showed he up these last couple of showing years. Up so and, like, let's, out. let's hold but on. I, to that. I, I really love the energy that we. That oh went, yeah, because he's got like that rookie energy where he, he has not done this before. I would say, and like it's it's almost what. That Jalen and Jason have been kind of missing a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Now that they're a little bit like two, three, four years in the league. It's now. like he's too young and dumb to understand like the situation. The, the plays that he's making. And he just yeah. goes and he just goes and goes and, and goes. And he gets hyped. Like, yeah. When he, when, like, he, yep. put, he had a putback the, the other night. Yeah. Uh, like a big putback just, in, a, in a major portion of the game. And he's like flexing his yep. muscles Brings right after. Brings everybody up. And, like, Love and it. pumping up the crowd. I'm like, all right. Like, that's what I like to friggin' see. Like, yeah. let's go. Exactly. And, and that's the kind of stuff that you need. And I'm happy that he's finally contributed. Contributing, right? Because we were already getting it from Pritchard this whole time. Big it's time. like we needed another one of those guys to step up. So hopefully he's going to be that continuously uh, and carve him out a little a little role for the team, right? That's what that's what we need. Yeah. Because we need that scoring off the bench. I know that Fournier is good, but we need more scoring off the bench. So I'm worried, man. I'm a little worried. I need them to take every single one of these remaining games and win all of them. Basically, is how I feel. I yeah, feel as I feel like you got to win out at this point just because of the fact that if you end up sitting in that six, seven seed range, your playoff run is so hard. It, you know, even if it, it or it would be even worse if you fell down to the seven because then you not only have to play the play in games, but then you immediately either get the or you probably get the Nets right now, right? So that's that's the second place team. So I'm worried. I'm a little worried. Yeah, I mean, I'll be worried if we lose any uh, any of these games as well. Right. So if you lose to the Bulls, yeah. If you start losing to the I think Nets, the Bulls, I mean, the, should, the, the Bulls should be an easy win. Should be. Um, but we lost to them earlier. This so. whole year, I every time I've said it should be an easy win, it's not yeah, been. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, the Heat, that, that's a playoff game. That is. You know what I mean? They, they and like, you should, like Jason Tatum, I need you to go and like feel some type of way. Cutthroat. Because them boys knocked you out of the playoffs last year because you, you couldn't make a dunk at Thank the end you. of the game. You Thank got rejected. You. I need you to get mad about it. I need you to Thank go make you. a play. That's what I don't – and I don't want it to come from Jalen Brown. I know I'm going to get it from Jalen Brown. I yeah. know I'm going to get it from Marcus I Smart. I want Tatum to score I 40 need Tatum those games. to just be cutthroat, destroy yeah. this team two games in a row. Do it like you've been doing it recently. Yeah. You've been scoring upwards of 40 to 60 points a game. Yeah. I, th- I think you do that, and then, then you don't have to worry about the heat in the right. playoffs. You get them out. That's yep. like pretty much just like, all right, now we don't have to worry about them. They're the they're only, only teams that like could have beat us in a yep. series. You know you, what I mean? Because Just because they've done it before. They have the confidence to oh, do that. Oh, they definitely do. I, still, the Bucks for me, they don't, they've never beaten us in a series. Okay. I'm I'm good with the Bucks. All right. I think we'll beat the Bucks in six games. But it's but it's the factor of going from Bucks to then also Nets right afterwards, yeah. one after the other. I think is tough. That's tough. I think it'll still take a lot to beat the Bucks, even if they can I beat said the Bucks. Six games. Six games. All right. Yeah, so. I think I don't think we're still walking the park, but okay. I think we have the confidence and the ability to beat the Bucks. Right. I think it's gonna be. I think. I, I'm even good against the Sixers, man. I think I really think yeah. the, the Nets are really the only the only team stopping us from going to the finals this year. Yeah, and I would also hate. I, I know that you you're always worried about the dumpster fire thing or thinking that the dumpster oh, yeah. fire thing is coming, but I would rather play the Nets further into the playoffs than at the beginning because I think that they're all going to be charged up to play in the beginning, and then if bad things happen, then they might get into dumpster fire mode a few series in. Yeah, but right out the gate, I think I, they'll be fully and engaged. And they're a team that I could see like say it goes. Heat versus Bucks first mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a series that's weird enough that I think the Heat can you at least know. make them fight to six or seven. I f- I'm sure there's a lot of. I mean, Jimmy Butler's a dog. We that's all know wh- that. That's what I'm saying. Jimmy Butler's a dog. And uh, the way uh, Ad- Adebayo's been playing mm-hmm. or whatever, yep. uh, he has been going off. And I think like he can match up size wise. Uh, it'd be a big mismatch with for Giannis them. and yeah. you know all the rest of. It. I no, I think that you're right. Uh, the Bucks have been playing really well. I'm still worried. I'm just. I'm more worried about these teams that we're not worried about usually because of the way the Celtics have played this year. Mm. That's it. It's more our own problem than it is them. They haven't necessarily gotten much better or or the ability to beat us. It's almost about us not beating ourselves. Exactly. That's what I'm worried about the most at the end of the day. Are you interested in working in a professional studio environment? Whether you're a podcaster, new or old, 
or a musician just trying to get that professional sound, Ultrasound Production Studio is now available for podcasters, musicians, and everyone in between that are looking to get that great quality and production value that comes from working out of a professional studio. If you're interested in something like that, please visit the website at ultrasoundproductions.com or just email ultrasoundpro at yahoo.com or even call at 781-956-2426 for more information. And I just got to get this off. I got I got to get this off my chest, all right? This is it's it's happening again. Tom Wilson, if you haven't heard it in the news yet, it's happening again or it's happened again. Let's get into it. Oh, Van Riemsdyk with a terrific play on Bucevic. Now they're pounding Bucevic on the ice. Now Wilson. Uh, Wilson's throwing punches. Now, uh, he, uh, he went after, I think, Bucevic. Oh, boy. Now Wilson. Uh, this is ridiculous. Uh, Panarin. What is Wilson doing? Well, you know. He, he's been incensed ever since he was given that penalty. So he goes after Panarin? So there you go. You're listening to it right there. That's the broadcast. Uh, as as one of the announcers, at least, is completely confused as to how Tom Wilson can do or is doing what he is doing. Uh, if you haven't heard about it yet, is this was involved in a game where it was the Washington Capitals against the New York Rangers. Uh, the Rangers have been eliminated from the playoffs but they're still playing their games out there. And in this game, Tom Wilson got a penalty earlier in the game that he found or or thought was not uh, rightly called and decided that he was just going to play pissed off and uh, the rest of the game he was going to look for somebody to be able to hurt, basically. Take out his frustrations because he's a loser. He's a goon, he's a bozo, and he just wants to be able to hurt people sometimes, which is disgusting to me. It It's not something that I want in this sports whatsoever. I, I, I think that there's definitely going to be some hockey hardos out there who think that the sport needs to be more violent and chaotic again, but this is just disgusting. This is different than being an enforcer. This is different than being, you know, you know the, the, the Sean Thornton of the team or, or, you know, the guy that was is more skilled in maybe the fighting side of things or the hitting side of things. This is actually taking a player's head and trying to slam it into the ice, not only once when the player had a helmet on, but then a second situation where the player did not have a helmet on and was much smaller, and Tom Wilson knows that. He's a professional athlete who's been doing this for many, many, many years. He takes Panarin, who is half his size, if that, and grabs him and slams his head into the ice. That's different than getting into a fight, that's different than laying a good hit. That's just completely disgusting to me. That's something that could end a player's career. We can't have that in this sport. And this guy doesn't even get a suspension for this. It's disgusting because he's done this multiple times already this season. I've already talked about it. I've already lost my mind about it. You can tell I'm already losing my mind about this one as well. He got a $5,000 fine for doing what he did. I urge you to go and look at this video and and you tell me, do you think that what he did was justified to such a smaller player and don't try and tell me that he didn't know who he was, you know, working at the time because it, he knows exactly what he's doing at all times. That's why he did what he did to Brandon Carlo earlier in the year for the Bru against the Bruins going up high and trying to hit him in the head. That's why he did the same thing later on in the year again against the Bruins holding out an elbow to try and hit someone in the face with. It's disgusting. I can't use that word enough. That's the one that I'm, I've, I've fallen upon for this whole scenario here. He was given a $5,000 fine, and now he he's not suspended at all, and he's going to be able to continue being this goon, this bozo, this clown of a player who, who who's just trying to hurt people for fun, it seems. It's, it's like he enjoys it. If you watch the entire video, he is escorted over to the penalty box, and he starts flexing. After he's been yelling at the Rangers bench, he's flexing uh, with his jersey off in the penalty box. You clown. You absolute clown. What is wrong with you? That is not something that I want in this sport. I am okay with an enforcer or a guy who is a fighter and does it the right way. This is not the right way. This is just disgusting.
Okay, so I got a little heated there. I got a little hot talking about Tom Wilson, and I do need to get into talking about the Bruins, uh, our team here, but yeah, that just got me going a little bit. So to come down from that, uh, we are coming off of a very nice win by the Bruins over that Rangers team that you know is going through that whole debacle with Tom Wilson and with the league, uh, which I can get into at another time, but... This was a great win for the Celtics, uh, the, the Celtics, the Bruins, uh, four nothing win against the Rangers, a team uh, in the Rangers that has given up. It, it's pretty clear there. I actually thought that going into this game, they were going to give us a heck of a fight because they'd be fired up over all the things that's been going on with Tom Wilson and, uh, you know, the NHL and things like that. But they turtled, uh, you know, in a sense, um, I think that they gave a decent effort for the first period and a half. And then by the end of the game, you could tell that they were just over it and ready for their season to pretty much be over. But this was good for the Bruins in a few different ways, I think. Not only does it keep the momentum going, which I think is huge, especially at this time of the year, you do not want to take the foot off the gas. Uh, you want to keep momentum going into the playoffs. Hockey is that type of sport. You need the momentum on your side. This was a big confidence booster for a lot of our players. Uh, not only did Swayman get another shutout, his second of the year, the young kid, he's looking great. Um, but also you got goals from DeBrusque, who needed that. Only his fifth goal of the entire season. Really was having confidence issues or has been having confidence issues. I don't know if this is going to change it in all honesty, but I hope so because we could really use him as another big offensive weapon for us going into the playoffs. It's going to be very helpful to have that player going. So you had him scoring. You also had Brandon Carlo, who was flying all over the ice. He got a goal in this one off of a nice face-off play uh, and a kind of a lucky bounce in off the goalie skate, but still gets a goal. He's looking great. I love to see that. He's going to be another huge factor when it gets into the playoffs. We need that defensive core to be very healthy. Carlo, McAvoy, you need Miller to be healthy. You need the kids to step up. Lausanne's looking good. Uh, you know, I, I'm happy with all of that production, uh, especially from the way that they can help out with the offensive side of things. I don't think that we've had that with the Bruins for, you know, many years, uh, you know, prior to this, uh, a really good offensive presence through our defense. Uh, and I think that Carlo is clearly stepping up. He's pinching up in situations where he should. He, uh, McAvoy is always going to be great offensively. You have Riley now, who is also very solid offensively. Lausanne steps up. I'm I'm very happy with the defense from that angle as well. They can use some help on the defensive side of things, honestly, sometimes, uh, at least from the kids' standpoint. But whenever Miller's in there and Carlo, uh, you're doing a really great job. I could do without Charlie McAvoy. I, I really need him to get this out of his head. He, he He's keeps moving the puck in front of the net in terrible situations uh, in his own defensive zone. This is like peewee day stuff. I can't have you doing that, Charlie. Not in the playoffs, but otherwise, this game was great overall. Like I said, good confidence booster, and you need to keep winning these games. Reason being now is the scheduling and the standings at this point. Who are we going to face in the playoffs, it's starting to look like, unfortunately, the first matchup could be against the Capitals if things don't fall our way. So we play the Rangers again on Saturday, and then we have the Islanders and Capitals still to go on the schedule. So there could still be some moving and shaking in the playoff race, but it's looking like we may end up having to face the Capitals in the first round. I hope that that's not the case. I really would rather somebody else have to take care of them first, and, and then we can get a, a tired version of them, I guess, is what you would hope for. But right now, the way that the playoffs match up and the way that it works for this year's style of the playoffs, it's the one versus the four seed and the two versus the three seed. Currently, the Bruins are the third seed. The Capitals are the second seed. So... It is all tightly bunched up. We're only two points back of the Capitals. The Capitals are only two points back of the Penguins. So could there be a little bit of moving and shaking depending on how these last three games go? Yes, certainly there could be. And I need this team to stay hot. We need to keep winning these games. I know you can use these games to rest some players that need a little bit of rest going into it. I just don't want you to completely take the foot off the gas, right? So give those players that we need in the playoffs the rest that they can uh, get from in these games here. I still believe that we can win these games, especially the Rangers game on Saturday. Then you have the two tough games against the Islanders and Capitals, but you can still be competitive in those games while slightly resting certain players. So 
You're probably going to see Tuka Rask one more time. And then I would assume it's mostly it's going to be Swayman in the other two games. I believe that Halak at this point has played himself out of the playoff roster. Who knows at this point? I, I, I feel bad for him, but we need the best goaltenders possible. And it seems like Swayman is just, uh, you know, on one right now. Maybe it's just because he's so young and dumb that he doesn't understand what he's supposed to be playing like uh, in these moments. And that could be a good thing. But I'm loving it. I'm loving the kid. I'm loving this confidence booster win here. I, we need another one against the Rangers on Saturday and then keep it going from there. Now it's time to win you some money with a couple minutes of gambling talk. All right, here we go again. Another slate of picks. Another set of winners? Question mark? Well, last week we were even. Both Cam and I went 3-3 three and three on our picks. And, uh, you know, we have been doing pretty good s sitting right around that 500 area. And I'm dying desperately wanting to get above that 500 so badly. You guys don't even know. Uh, not only for my own pocket, but for yours as well. Um, but, you know, both both of us going 3-3 three and three last week. Uh, had some interesting picks from Cam. I know that he, he missed on his Kellen Mond drafted in the second round pick. I know he gave you those horse bonus picks. You know, that always can be tough there. That's why I don't count it against his record. Um, but I, I will say he has been pretty decent on his MLB picks. Talking about Cam here for the last four weeks, he is 10-5. and five. Uh, picking MLB picks, so he has been doing really good there. He's also given you a couple of NHL winners. He's 2-0 and on his NHL picks, so keep an eye out. Whenever Cam is betting uh, NHL games, you, you want to keep an eye out for that. He seems to be hot with that. Uh, on the other side, I have been really good with my MLB over-unders. You guys know that I've really just been going on the Red Sox overs and the Reds overs. That's going to come into play with my picks later. Uh, and I am 4-1 and one on those MOB over-unders there, uh, so it has been doing really good. If it wasn't for that uh, Rangers-Red Sox game that just barely didn't go over, I would be you know crushing it on those. So we're going to start off today with my picks, uh, and then we will get into cams afterwards, but I wanted to start off with mine for once. We'll switch it up every once in a while here and get to my picks first. So the first one that I am going with tonight, I am actually taking the Celtics. Uh, in a game that they, I feel, must win tonight against the Bulls. I am taking them minus four at the Bulls. They need to win every single game, in my opinion, the rest of the way uh, to really put themselves in a position to you know, actually make a playoff run here. You need to get the best matchup to start off your playoff run, in my opinion. So I think it all starts here with a good win against the Bulls. Uh, taking the Celtics minus four, and I think that they're going to be playing with their butts on fire tonight. So, next game I'm going with is the Timberwolves Heat game. I'm going with over 225.5 points in this one. I think that there's going to be low amounts of defense. I know that Jimmy Butler is dealing with an illness right now. I'm not sure. I, I know that it's not COVID-related, but I'm not sure how he will be in the game. Uh, you, you know, there's also injuries to Tyler Hero. And I think that overall, Minnesota stinks on defense, but they can score. And, you know, they have the ability. They've shown that, uh, you know, especially the most recent games, scoring over 100 points in each of their last three games. So I think that this is going to be a higher scoring game here, lower scoring, lower amount of defense on this one. I would assume that the Heat are also going to win this game, but I'm just going to take the over 225.5 points in the Timberwolves-Heat game. The last NBA pick I'm going to give you is an interesting one. The Bucks are facing the Rockets. The Bucks are at home, and they are 16.5-point favorites. And you know what? I'm taking it. It's crazy to take that amount of points. Usually, whenever you're gambling, you usually don't want to take something that's that much of what seems to be a sure thing as far as that goes, but the Rockets have literally every one of their players injured right now. They are fielding the the most skeleton crew you can possibly have for an NBA team. Uh, you, you know, and and the Bucks are fully healthy. But I, I mean, if you just go down the list for the Houston Rockets right now, they have Avery Bradley out. Uh, they, they have Sterling Brown out. They have Exum out. Eric Gordon's out. Uh, House is out. Uh, Olenek's oh, oh, a game time decision. Uh, August, DJ Augustine's a game time decision. I you know, it keeps going on. Uh, just, uh, you know. Uh, Christian Wood, as I babble through his name, Christian Wood is also out. You know that John Wall's already been out for the year. They're literally missing everyone on this team. So 
Not only are their Bucks surging right now and winning their games handily, and they are completely healthy going into the playoffs, but they're also playing a Rockets team that has literally nothing to play for and has none of their players available, basically. So I am taking the Bucks minus 16.5 at home against the Rockets tonight. The next game I'm going with is going to those overs in the MLB. I am taking the Red Sox Orioles over eight and a half runs. And I know what you're thinking. It's Eduardo Rodriguez tonight. And so why would you be going against that? That was one of your rules there, Eduardo Rodriguez or, uh, you know, Evaldi, Nathan Evaldi. You don't go with the overs. But I think that in this one here against the Orioles, there the bats are going to be working. Erod is due for a game where he kind of messes up a little bit. He's been going really solid throughout the entire year so far. You're also facing Matt Harvey, who I have no confidence in for the Orioles. So I think if anything, one of the team's bats is going to be going. I'm assuming it's probably going to be the Red Sox, but the Orioles could get some runs in there too. And I think that that over is going to hit. The next one I'm going to take is the Reds. Reds Indians over eight runs. Once again, Reds are scoring or getting scored upon the most in the MLB. So they are creating the most runs in all of their games, whether it's giving them up or getting them themselves. And the Indians are a really solid team this year so far. And I think that it's just going to be a game where there's going to be a decent amount of runs in this one as usual. So I'm taking over eight runs in the Reds Indians game. Now, the last pick that I'm going to give you is an interesting one. I'm going away from my four major sports, uh, and I'm, you know, outside of everything, really. We're going into fighting sports here. So there is the big fight this weekend, boxing, if you're into it. I, uh, I'm going to be watching this one here. I tend to watch, you know, the bigger fights in boxing. And Canelo Alvarez is facing off against Joe Saunders this weekend on Saturday night. And I believe that he's going to beat him in this one. I actually believe it's going to be a, no, a, a uh, decision that's going to decide it at the end. They're going to go the distance, and it's going to be won by Canelo Alvarez. Um, wow, I almost just uh, butchered that name there. Stumbled right through it. But I think that Canelo is going to win it. And so I'm taking Canelo money line in this fight. Uh, but if you are going to sprinkle on anything, I would say it's going to be Canelo by decision in this one here. All right, those are all my picks for this week. So let's get on to Cam's picks now. Yeah, Cam's best bets of the week. Back again. As always, giving you the winners just like you want it. Starting off, we're going to work with the baseball game. I've been killing it on my baseball picks recently, so listen up. Going to win you some money here. First game I'm going with, I am taking the Royals. Money line. I think this Royal squad is one of the best teams in baseball, and even though they're playing the White Sox, who I like, I think that this team is actually really solid. So I'm going to take their money line in this one. It's supposed to be raining a little bit, so I think it could be a little lower scoring as well if you're interested. But it's going to be Royals money line for the first pick. Second pick I am going with is the Brewers money line against the Marlins. I think that this Brewers team is definitely better than this Marlins squad here. Another one where there might be some rain even though it's in Miami, I think that the Brewers are really looking good and their pitching staff has been pretty solid so far with that Suda, Brett Suda kid starting off for him in this one. So I'm taking Brewers money line in that game. Next one I'm going to give you is the Colorado Rockies plus one and a half in a game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been real solid here, but the Rockies do have some decent bats, so I think they'll be able to stick with them in this one. So I'll take Rockies plus one and a half. Next game I'm going with is the Blue Jays Astros under nine runs. These teams are going to be in a battle in this one as Stripling goes against Rickety. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I know they're good pictures. So I think that it's going to be a lower scoring battle in this one here. Plus those Astros can't cheat anymore. So you know they're not going to be hitting as many pitches. Next game, last one for the MLB. Going with the Twins, minus one and a half. I just think that this Twins team has got the bats 
all the time. And the Tigers are the worst team in the MLB. So they're going to beat up on them in this one. Twins minus one and a half. Last game I'm going to give you is going to be a basketball game. I'm taking the Magic versus Hornets under 217 points. The Hornets are going to be looking to beat up on them defensively. So I think that they'll not only take this game, but they'll keep it real low scoring. And those are Cam's best bets of the week. All right, you heard it, guys. Those are Cam's picks for this week. I think that he's got some good ones there with the MLB. I, I like his knowledge recently. He's been seeming to watch a lot of baseball, so he's got some good picks. So I'm happy with that, and I might follow along with him as well. But that'll do it for this week's uh, gambling picks. That'll do it for another episode of The Claptrap. I appreciate everyone for listening and tuning in. I will be back every single week doing this because I love it so much. I am also up on the radio now on WKKL 90.7 down the Cape. And if you can't get that station on the radio, you can also go online at WKKL.FM to listen. I'm on every Friday from 12 to 2 doing my crazy takes. So please give me a listen there. Uh, Also, I have the Anchor and Pod Page website up. So if you can search for that. Uh, I would really appreciate any of the hits, likes, listens, and comments you guys could give me. This is also up on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and pretty much everywhere you can find any podcast. So give me a listen there as well. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. I I really uh, appreciate all the engagement that I've gotten so far and hope to get more as I continue to work on this. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at The Claptrap. Uh, if you'd like to follow along with little updates and, and, and things that I put out about the show as well. So, like I said, thank you again. I, I can't say I appreciate you guys enough for listening along, and I will be back again next week. I hope you have a great rest of your week. See you later. Bye.